All right, everybody, welcome back to Eternal Leadership. And I have one of my good friends back on today, Kim Avery. Kim, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me back, Don. It's a joy to be here. Kim, you are amazing, by the way. So everybody out there, if you don't know the story, here I am laying in a hospital bed. I have this dream to become a coach. I have no money. I've been recovering for two and a half years. God puts it on my heart to follow my calling. And I decide, okay, I'm gonna trust him. So I sign up at the Professional Christian Coaching Institute. I have no money. And then people actually heard about this, who I don't even know, and anonymously came, I don't know if you remember this, scholarshiped all of my coach training. Actually, I figured out who they are today, and now I've actually, since we've become successful, donated an equal amount that they paid to scholarship me back then to each one of their favorite charities. I've built a number of companies, traditional businesses. I've been an entrepreneur. I know how hard it is, right? And sometimes lonely if you're not doing it right. Mostly you're lonely just because of the pace of things. And so I reached out to Chris and I said, Chris, I need to hire a coach to help me in marketing and figuring out how to do this and partner with her as I partner with God. And he goes, well, there's only one person to call. That's Kim Avery. And in the next year, working eight to 10 hours a week, I developed a six-figure coaching business that supported my entire family. And Kim, you were a huge part of that. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you for who you are, what you do, because, <laughs> you know, it's not intuitive to say, you know what, I'm going to build a coaching practice and start with startup Christian coaches who have no idea what they're doing and they don't have any revenue yet. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't that all part of God's adventure? Thank you for being so faithful to God's calling on your life. It's been a joy to watch what he's doing in you and through you and for you. Yeah, well, thank you. And you know what? You just got back from a trip with your family in Indiana. You're back in the sun and married to Ron and you got a dog named Samwise Gamgee, which is a little bit about your awesome personality. <laughs> and Kim has kids, uh, Jonathan, and I know your daughter Bethany recently passed away. Mm -hmm. I know that was a really hard season and I'm sure, and I know prayer was a big part of that. Nina and lots of grand, four grandkids. But guys, here's what we're talking about today, because it is so important. And I think that is the role that prayer plays in business, the importance that prayer is as an entrepreneur. And I think, Kim, it is one of the most strategic and effective assets and tools that we have as an entrepreneur, but I, my, you know, having been an entrepreneur for so long, I think there's a lot of people that do not understand as Christians in the traditional marketplace as an entrepreneur, the role that prayer actually plays. Mm -hmm. So I know that you said, you said right before we turned on the recording, that you feel like you've been pregnant for three years <laughs> with this message, with this book, which is going to be coming out in just a couple months. So you guys are going to be able to kind of get in on that early. But what is it that led you to birthing this entire, I mean, this is a lot of work. Yeah. So what's the passion and the focus behind it? Well, I wish I could say something noble, like I've always been a deep prayer warrior and I wanted to invite other people into the journey, but that would just be a bald-faced lie. I'm <laughs> a prayer flunk out. John, at least the way I thought about prayer, in my mind, Prayer was long. 
it was involved. It involved tears and blood and walking around the city of Chicago and fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And prayer can be all that. And I have been so blessed by people who prayed over me and for me in that way. But as a busy entrepreneur, you and I have to wake up in the morning and we have to hustle. We have phone calls to make and bills to pay and people to meet and lives to sow into. And so I had this weird dichotomy going on in my mind that God wanted me to stop working to pray instead of praying through all my work. And so I was wrestling through what is the role of prayer in my business and in my clients' businesses. And as I realized that he wasn't asking me to stop working, but just to invite him into every moment of every day as part of my work, I realized, oh, this is what Paul meant by pray without ceasing. And these results, the kind of results my clients are getting are the kind of things that can happen when we do that. And when you said work to pray, I had the sense that you're talking about that, okay, you're a Christian, you're in business. Did you see prayer as almost like something, this obligation that you had to do or almost a burden? Because, okay, oh, shoot, I have all this to do, but I I really need to stop right now and go take 10 minutes to prayer. But I don't really have 10 minutes, so you're almost doing it begrudgingly. Is that what I heard? Sure. Out of obligation, knowing I should pray and that it's the right and good thing to do. But if you're like me, John, the minute I say, and Lord, I pray for, and then you think, oh, I forgot to call that person back. Or somebody (laughs) rings the doorbell and you're, okay, focus, Kim, focus, focus. Dear Lord, you are holy and great. And oh no, that blog post was due at noon and it's 11.59. And I used to think that those were two separate things going on. And I needed to stop all the noise in my head and be holy and pray. When God is saying, pray about the noise in your head. Mm. It's okay. Lord, help me with that blog post. You just brought it to my mind and I realize it's late and it was important what I had to say. And so as I realized there's not a sacred secular divide, I knew that intellectually, but as I tried to train my life to live that way, that it's all one connected life, life became so much easier and prayer became less like a root canal (laughs) and more like going to the Disney theme park. Oh my gosh, that just takes the pressure off. So you're sitting there at your desk, you're trying to pray and all of a sudden the blog post pops in your head. And instead of this being an intrusion into this other activity, you start acknowledging the fact that, you know what, what if God actually gave me that little prompt? Like, hey, Kim, Kim, I got your back. That thing is due and you got to get it out. So I'm here and I'm with you. Now you're actually approaching this whole conversation that prayer really is completely differently. Yeah, it's such a beautiful picture. I think about it this way, John. If I were to become an investor, and if I were, please don't invest with me. That's just a tip off there. But if I were to become an investor, wouldn't it be amazing if Warren Buffett said, Kim, I believe in you. I want to mentor you. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pull up a chair right next to your desk, and you can just Come to me every time you have a question, you need a connection, you need a resource, you need advice. I am here, Kim. And I sat down at my desk every morning and ignored him and went about my work. Or spent five minutes in the morning saying, give me your best advice. Okay, Warren, sorry, I got to shut you down now and go invest for people and help them make money. That would just be crazy. Yet I've got someone so much better than Warren Buffett, right? I have the God of the universe who knows everyone and everything, and he molds and shapes the future, and he changes the hearts of kings and rulers. And he says, I am right here all day, every day, 
turned to me. And so it is a ceaseless conversation instead of kind of a pep talk in the morning and then a check-in at night. Yeah. Well, okay. So you talked about, right, busyness would ignore somebody like a Warren Buffett, right? And that would make no sense, right? It's such a great metaphor because we do that, right? You know, I'm running a business. I go to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I have my plans. I kind of play over my plans. You know, I tend to pray at night before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. And usually it was kind of those big things. So, but what else do you think prevents people from really kind of integrating in a, almost, you talked about praying constantly, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for a lot of us, that is a really foreign concept. It is. Because we've never done it. We've never practiced it. And a lot of people almost think that like work, even though, let's say I own it or I'm even part of a team, I don't care at what level, because this podcast is for everybody, whether you're a business leader, the entrepreneur at the top of the org chart, or you're entering and you know you want to make a difference in the world. So all this is critically important for everybody listening. But how do you even start to develop that habit on Tuesday at work, walking into the team meeting? You just have an interaction with a peer that was not positive. Mm-hmm. You just have a customer call and scream at you and you don't handle it well, right? I mean, this is all like real world stuff that's happening, yeah. right? I have bills to pay and my cash flow is not matching my accounts receivable and it's stressful. Yes. And I'm trying to honor God in what I do and how I do it, right? And we mess up a lot. Yeah. I know I do. So how do we start the process? Yeah. It's such a great question because in so many areas of our life, we realize that, for example, if you asked me to run a marathon today or tomorrow, I wouldn't get very far. I would try and then I would fall down and say, you know, I just wasn't meant to be a runner. But the smart marathoner doesn't try. They train. They get out every day and go a little bit further and do a little bit more. And when they have sick days or things don't go well, they readjust and they train themselves. My son's a black belt in Taekwondo. And when he was a white belt, it was the most hysterically funny thing to see them try to imitate these awkward statue-like moves. And I'm thinking, you know, I don't think he's going to keep me safe in a dark alley at night, John. This is just not pretty. But they trained. And so we tend to think, because we're adults and we have a good relationship with the Lord, that we should try to pray more. But the reality is, is we're all beginners when it comes to the spiritual life. I think all our life we're beginners. And so we can train. And that's an okay thing. And so with this mentality, I say, I'm going to take it in bite-sized pieces. And I'm going to put little post-it reminders or wear my watch on the different hand, train myself. I'm going to claim just one promise each day. And I'm going to expectantly look all day long, like a treasure hunt, for God to answer that one promise. So I'm training my mind and my eyes and my habits to look for God working everywhere. And as we train in this practice of prayer, we come better and better at it. And it's addictive. Pretty soon it's like, well, we wouldn't leave home without yeah so that said right one of the things that i loved about your book it's called the prayer powered entrepreneur and i was very fortunate you gave me an advanced copy and i got to read it and i wrote a very heartfelt endorsement which i don't do very often but this is so amazing it's 31 days to building your business with less stress more joy because you talked about we have to start we have to start building some of those muscles and those habits I would love for you to share, because I think it is so important, about what you call a brief 
prayer, a B-R-I-E-F. And I was sharing with Kim before we started, because you guys have all heard on here about Marketplace Rock, and they do intercessory prayer. They've been doing that with us, our team, our company for now four years. It's been invaluable. But I had to work with somebody almost on a discipleship level, Kim, because we would meet every two weeks on the phone to talk about prayer needs for our business. And they, through that, taught me how to pray. But what you did in the brief prayer, I think, is even a little bit more intuitive. You can learn it and put it in. But So let me just turn that over to you and talk about what that is and where it came from. Okay, good. Well, again, it came from all the things I think I was doing poorly in my prayer life. And so I asked the Lord to teach me to pray. And when I did, I turned to that place in the Gospels where the disciples asked the same thing, Lord, teach me to pray. And I counted the words, and it was 39 words. And I thought, you know, Kim, you are making prayer way too complicated. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And in 39 words, and he didn't really teach them anything. Mm had them enter into an experience of prayer. And so with brief prayer, that is what God said, just enter into an experience of prayer with me. Stop learning all about it. So the B stands for business related. Again, this is addressing that Western mindset we tend to have that our church life and our spiritual life is over here in the left-hand corner and everything else in our life is real life over here in the right-hand corner. Yeah. And one of the most frequent objections I get to people praying about their businesses, why would God care about my business? Why would God care about profit margin? God loves an honest profit, doesn't he, John? And so the yeah. first one is just business related to wake up every day and realize that whatever I face in that day, if he's got the hairs of my head number, he cares about those business conversations, the blog posts, the red ink, the decisions, everything that goes on. So for me, that's the first one, just realizing he cares and he wants to enter into my business life. Yeah. And so what you're also doing right there is you're giving everybody out there listening permission to pray that it's okay to make money, to do good, to get a deal, to help hire the right people, to maybe fire somebody. Yeah. I mean, you know what? He authored all of this. You know, it's his world and we get to live in it. And he wants us to experience it. He also knows we're going to be going through adversity because I honestly have come to, after everything I've gone through, realize that adversity is the only thing that shapes us and prepares us for what he has planned for us next. Yes. Because think about if you go and you listen to somebody's story, like, man, my life is awesome and I'm a billionaire and nothing bad's ever really happened. And I don't really want to show you my new mansion on the water. You'd be like, next because like <laughs> like i like okay the dude won the lottery of life i don't even think there's something like that that exists but you know what it's that stuff that we have to go through and guess what we do that through business and here's the other thing i want to stress think about this everybody because i don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head but i think it's something like 60 or 70 percent of americans are employed by small business owners mm -hmm. the place of the most powerful kingdom impact we can have in this country, in the United States, or any other country that's listening right now is through business. You have people that you're sitting next to in your cube or that you're managing or that you're interacting with 40, 50 hours a week. You are the living example. So do you know what gives us permission, I believe, to witness to somebody about Christ without using our words in the marketplace? 
is our level of excellence. That's what gives us permission. If we're the best at what we do, whether we're doing our books, whether we're processing expense reports, whether we're restocking shelves, whether we're planning strategy. And I got to tell you, so I believe, and I'm so in agreement with you, Kim, every aspect of business, whether it seems intuitive or not, absolutely is a God-ordained and God-honoring activity. Yeah, so true. Which really kind of brings in that second point, which is the R in the brief model, which is relevant. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to say that my requests for my clients, especially, often tended to be global. Lord, bless John today. Lord, bless Nancy. She needs more business. Bless Bill as he makes decision. What am I even asking? And at the end of the day, if God does bless Nancy, how would I know? How would I know she didn't just have a good day? Mm. So it goes back to the specificity of, Lord, here's my calendar today, basically, actually. Lord, here's our calendar today. We have this going on at noon and this going on at one and this going on at two. Lord, this is what I want to be self-forgetful in this particular meeting. I want to be teachable when I spend this time with so-and-so. I want to be generous when I go about preparing my presentation. And so when I'm very specific, by the end of the day, I know whether God's answered my prayers that day or not, and nothing feeds my faith like answered prayer. Mm. Yeah, so be specific, make it relevant. Business is good to pray about. Now, the next one is I, and I love this whole concept, is inside out, right? So what do you mean when you say that, when somebody reads that inside out, what does that help them do? Yeah, it's just so easy for me, and I think for many of us to pray about the results we want our business to have, the impact, the income, the influence, the big things that we want to have happen. And God does want to do things for us. And I love when he does things for me, but he most often wants to do things in me so he can do things through me. Mm. And when he wants to do things in me and I pray about that, Lord, make me teachable, make me humble, make me generous, help me to be joyful in this situation or that. When I realize that he doesn't just want to grow my business, he's fiercely committed to growing my business by first growing me. And so when I pray about my character, my relationships with the people I serve, my relationship with my business, the impact and the income are almost a given. They're going to come, but I'm really cooperating with what he's doing in me so he can do things for me. So let's give an example. Okay, let's say I'm running a business and I'm trying to pray for more business. So the typical prayer might be, Lord, help me, you know, some of those proposals I have out there that they close or that new business shows up. So instead of that kind of global prayer for, Lord, please be my ATM, Yeah. (laughs) right? What would a prayer like this look like? Well, What I've done as I put this book together, John, is I really, God had sent me just on a search through scripture. What can I pray for that I know he's promised? I don't know whether he's Mm. promised to give me that proposal or not. That's nebulous to me. I hope he has, and I would like them to accept my proposal, but I don't know. But he has promised that he will work in me to make me humble, to make me teachable, to make me purpose-driven to make me generous, to make me responsible, to make me disciplined. There's certain things, a lot of things in scripture. He's given extravagant, unconditional promises that, Kim, this is how I am for you. 
And so just a quick example for almost a year, this is four or five years ago, I was praying, Lord, help me to love criticism, to be teachable. Because I was such a wilting violet, the minute somebody said something honest and hard to me, I just quit because it hurt my feelings so bad. And that's no way to approach a business job, let me tell you. So, Lord, I want to learn to love criticism and feedback, whether they mean well or not. And then I got an email. Somebody had critiqued this podcast I was doing at the time. It was new and raw and basically said, whenever I'm critiquing things, I like to find something positive to say. And I thought, oh, good. And then he said, but unfortunately, and there, there were about five paragraphs of everything that was wrong with it. And that email and that prayer are what allow me to have a wonderful podcast today, Professional Christian Coaching Today, because the Lord helped me learn to embrace. If I hadn't been praying about who I was he wouldn't have been able to equip me to do what I now do. And so that's how that inside out thing goes together for me. I got to tell you, it's so funny, you know, cause it's a constant, it has to be constantly in front of mind because we offer a free book on our website through halftime Institute. People can get a free book halftime. And I had somebody who was listening to the podcast and I get this nasty email because what we do is we submit a request over to halftime and they ship the book out. And I have a delay and kind of a little email sequence of about three weeks yeah. that just sends them some pointers and some reading guides. He's like, you know, you guys really need to work on your own leadership. You talk about leadership because I've gotten three of these emails and the book has never shown up. I'm like, uh, so I wanted to like, you know, turn up the torch and just like, seriously, dude, we're giving you a free book and you just want to write me in. How about a nice note saying, hey, could you check on it? Right. So I checked on it. The actual book had been shipped out three weeks earlier and it had been sent to his house. But I got to tell it, I had to pray because mm -hmm. in that moment I was a little, you know, agitated. Sure. So I, I had to like step back and just pray. And I actually sent him a really nice note. Yes. And I just said, hey, you know what? Thank you so much for letting me know. We're always looking for feedback to make our processes better. I checked on it with this group. It was actually mailed out three weeks ago to the address you gave me. So it should be there. And he emailed me right back and goes, yeah, actually, I just found it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's those little things. And I got to tell you, though, because there's so much stuff that's happened in our lives. And we have some of these things that even happen on autopilot. Mm -hmm. We have these core beliefs, like you said, like when somebody criticizes me or maybe even in a meeting and I put out an idea and somebody doesn't like it there's a tendency with some people to see that as proof that they don't think I as a person have worth. They don't separate that from the idea that you just set out there. Mm -hmm. Cause I think a huge part too, talking about specific prayers. Hey, if you want to get more deals, take time and break that down. What would you have to be doing as an organization and as a team, right? And you as a leader, to be able to get more deals, do you need to write better? Do you need to be able to ask better questions? Have you delegated to your people? Have you trained them? Are they empowered? And those are some areas that God is right there and he wants to partner with you. But if you just pray for the result, but you don't pray for the insight on what you need to do to get that result, it's probably going to be a place where you might be a little bit frustrated. But right. that is not partnering with the Father well. 
Sure. And you're going to miss out on all the ways he is helping you in answering your prayer by someone giving you the feedback on your writing, by somebody offering to take something off your plate. And you have to be a little less controlling to let them do that. God is answering our prayers all the time. We just don't see it because we're not as specific and relevant as we could be. Yeah. Yeah. So from the inside out, you're talking about what's happening in you. So, you know, part of that too, for me, has always been looking at my mindsets, some of my beliefs, how I react to certain situations, how I take feedback, what is the feedback that I'm getting. Those are amazingly powerful places for prayer. Mm-hmm. Our relationship with him, that is something I pray about and I have my people in my pinnacle forum and my Bible study praying for in our relationship with others. Think about just constantly, you give an example in the book, right? You have that difficult coworker. Yes. Right? And you're about to go have a meeting. You know, they're there. Either it's one-on-one or they're in a group. And just lift that up that you honor God in that meeting. You do something that just moves you one small step forward to just a better relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even an understanding that, you know what? You have no idea what Bob has gone through in his life, why he's even showing up the way he is, And you know that if Christ walked into that room, his body would be overwhelming visage of love that would probably bring you to tears as you looked at Jesus gazing down at Bob, who was made in his image, right? Gives me goosebumps thinking about it. That's what I try to envision when I'm really dealing with really difficult people. (laughs) Yeah. Right? And you know what? Part of the time I've realized with difficult people, that whole dynamic, I have as much to do with that dynamic as they do even though I don't want to admit that sometimes. Well, and the beautiful thing is, as you describe this person that we're becoming, that we're Mm. training in godliness to become, it just becomes so evident. Who wouldn't want to do business with that entrepreneur? Think how irresistibly attractive we are when we are teachable, when we are humble, when we are not controlling, but we are delegating, when we're loving even difficult people. And all of a sudden, again, it's almost inevitable that God's going to bring us the business that we want to make the impact that we want to have because we become people who attract other people to do business with us. Yeah. Okay. So business related, B, R, Mm -hmm. it's relevant. I, it's from the inside out. And then E, expectant. Yeah. So I'm going to share a tough example with you, and I'm going to try not to cry. Okay. All right. So August 3rd this year, 2019, my life changed for forever. Mm -hmm. When I woke up that morning, I had no idea that by that evening, our only daughter would be dead. So I sat down, and I was having devotions like I do, and I've learned that what God says to me in the morning in Scripture, there's a reason. It's not just arbitrary. It has something to do with the day. So I just happened to be in John 11, which is where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Mm. And so I was reading through the passage where it said he tarried and didn't go. He let Lazarus die because he loved Mary and Martha. And if you look in my Bible, I've got a big red heart I drew next Mm. to that. And then I looked at how he said he was glorified by Lazarus' death. And I wrote some things in the margin. And one of the things I wrote was, Lord, Help me to trust you even when the days are dark. And by that evening, I got the news that Bethany had died from a brain aneurysm. And I think of the love and care of my heavenly father, who out of all the places I could have been in scripture on August 3rd, had me just happen to be in John 11. 
had me pause and pray, knowing that he would be answering my prayer by that evening, not in a fun way, not in an easy way, but he had prepared my heart in advance that morning for what would happen that evening by me saying, Lord, I want to trust you, even when hard things come. Mm -hmm. And so when it did come and it has come, I know that he's always working. All of life is related. And so we can be expectant that he's answering our prayers in the good time and in the bad. And this, to me, makes all the difference. Well, thank you for sharing that, Kim. I know it's been a very difficult season. Mm-hmm. And when you pray with expectancy, so, you know, for people out there going through hard times, whether it's personal, financial, business, and especially maybe if they're looking back and saying, you know, some of these things I've had to go through even in the past haven't really worked out the way I'd hoped, right? So it almost feels like expectancy is almost too much to ask. Yeah. That makes sense? Oh, yeah. And it's such so, a good and important question. And if I can just say this, we're expectant, not that we're God and we're going to shape his will to do our command, because what a crazy world that would be if Kim were God. Mm-hmm. But the expectancy is that he will be who he says he is, that he will do what's most loving at every given moment in time, no matter how it appears this side of heaven to me, that he will always give me what I need, the grace, the power, the resources, the knowledge, the comfort, whatever it is. So no, he's not always going to go ahead like a divine snowplow and move all the suffering out of my way. But will he be everything I need and more no matter what happens, whether I understand why it needed to be that way or not? Oh, yes, he will. And that gives me such a deep peace. Um, as I walk through this crazy up and down journey that we call entrepreneurship. So, you know, as you and Ron and the whole family have walked through this, have you kind of looking back now, I know it's still very recent, but have you been able to look back and just see God's faithfulness in kind of these different, you know, as time has passed since that morning? Yeah, in every moment, we still are no closer. And really, I almost don't bother wrestling with why. Why Mm -hmm. would you know, a mother of brand newborn twins be taken from this earth when the babies need her, when we want her, when we love her, when we need her, when she's a fabulous person. I don't know why, but I know my father and he has been so faithful. And do I love him a thousand times more than I did four months ago when she passed away? Yes. And I trust him more. And that's because he always, always, always shows up for me. And so yeah, we're eternally thankful and grateful that he's doing what's best, whether we understand it or not. Yeah, I think learning to trust God, I love what you said, right, is to be who he promised to be and to do what he promised to do, right? He doesn't promise to give us an explanation. He doesn't promise to answer all our prayers. He wants us to tell him what our will is. He delights. I think one of his core values is free will. And he wants to know what the delights of your heart are. Now he might say, well, not yet or no, but you know what he does promise though? He does promise us to walk with us through everything that happens in this world. And I got to tell people too, and maybe also as an encouragement, like you just heard from Kim, 
everything that we've gone through looking back and there's been some really difficult times still are sometimes, but the faithfulness that sometimes it's hard to see in the moment, but the faithfulness looking back on everything, spiritual growth, redemption of relationships, reconciliation of our family based on how my brain injury and just who I was, because I was not the same person, financial, business-wide, everything now, eight years later, has either been redeemed or is very close in the process of. And so you look back and you just learn to trust God through his faithfulness, not just because he didn't get me the big deal. Right. right? And I think that's a really immature form of faith Mm-hmm. that I think, honestly, Satan kind of counts on. Yeah. It's almost like this two-year level of faith. Mm-hmm. Like my little grandson, he's two and a half years old, <laughs> and he wants apple juice. Yeah. And guess what? If he's already had one glass, and I don't want him to have more, you know, something that's sugary, and I say, no, he has a tantrum. Right. Right, but a lot of us look at God like that's the prayer. Hey, I want another glass of juice. Right. It doesn't work that way. But, well, and how loving of you not to give him everything he demands but give him what's best for him at every moment. And that's the confidence we have and the joy we have in him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So business related, relevant, inside out, expectant, and then frequent. And we talked about this before. Praying constantly versus, you know, when you really get in a jam (laughs) or that one time a day that you think about it, like right before you go to bed and usually it's quick because you're tired. I don't know if I count dinner prayer because most people have the same prayer they say over and over. I know know we do, just being real. But how do we make it more frequent? Yeah. Again, for me, that's just a matter of training myself to realize that I've been invited to have an ongoing conversation with the God who made this world and loves me more than anyone in the world. And why wouldn't I want to do that? And it becomes, like you said, less and less about what he does for me and just who he is to me. He doesn't just give life. He is life, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so we tap into that through prayer. But does it come simply because I know that? No. Do I have to train myself? Yes, I have little three-by-five cards. And if people you know, want to find out how to get free downloadable prayer cards, they, they can keep in front of them and remind themselves of this amazing God that we have. Oh, and they're amazing, by the way, because I got those from you last time we talked, and I used okay. them. So everybody out there, take advantage of this. How do they get them, Kim? Oh, sure. Just go to prayerpower.com. Prayerpower.com. Powered, like the book, oh, prayerpowered. Prayerpowered.com. Okay. Yep. yep. And they can find out how to get those free downloadable prayer cards. And so again, let's just train ourselves to be in relationship with the God of the universe. And there's really nothing better than that. So Kim, as you're out there and you're encouraging, you're equipping, you're inspiring leaders, entrepreneurs at any age to bring prayer more fully into their life, into their businesses, into their organizations, when you're looking back, let's say, you know, it's your 85th birthday and you're going, wow, you know what? That happened. That was the impact I wanted to create. That's why I took three years, you know, focusing on this, creating this. And you are all in right now. It also kind of brings this out in the world. So what is that impact that you dream of? Yeah. God really gave me this vision a couple years ago of no matter where people live, hopefully they know what a dandelion looks like. And if you picture a dandelion right before it goes to seed, it's all these puffy little white wispy things on the end of the stem. And 
people kind of despise dandelion and call them weeds and they're common and they try to get rid of them, but they're tenacious. They can grow anywhere. And frankly, they really are lovely. I brought them to my mother many a time and put them on her kitchen counter. But when we think about these dandelions, it's as if the Holy Spirit is blowing these seeds all over the globe. And those seeds to me are entrepreneurs. People are no longer looking for God at church or in communities, but instead they're just out living their life, not thinking about God at all. And imagine the difference it'll make, John, when they go to the dry cleaners, when they go into their office building, when they go work with their coach, when they go buy essential oils, whatever it is they do, and they meet someone who's the very image of the living God. That's the kind of impact that prayer-powered entrepreneurs can have in the world. Man, I love that vision. Thank you, Kim, for who you are, what you're doing. You're so awesome. So prayerpowered.com. Is there another way people can get in touch with you? My personal coaching website is kimaverycoaching.com, but I would love if people just checked out the book. I'm giving away a free copy right now, depending on when you're listening, for people who are willing to order a pre-release copy. I'll immediately send you a copy like I did, John, so that they can start on this 31 prayer journey to building their business with less stress and more joy. Oh, and yeah, so and by the way, and I love what you've done here. If you go to prayerpower.com and you look at actually the stuff you get, if you sign up for the pre-release book, the package you've put together, you know, get to participate in a workshop with you, how to do this, how to bring prayer more fully into your own life, into your organization, your business, some amazing tools that you're just putting out there. You're just such a generous, amazing person. So Kim, thank you so much. I truly just have so much respect for you, love you, and just thank you for who you are and what you're bringing out into the world. Thank you for having me here today, John. It's been a joy.